Welcome to the Special Interest Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Carly. We are the creators and hosts. As two women who received late autism diagnoses, we are passionate about educating, celebrating, and highlighting autistic identities. This life-changing diagnosis opened a whole new world to us both. Our special interests have been so important in our journey of self-discovery through our autism diagnosis. Special interests provide autistics with an element of regulation, comfort, and support. We want to provide a platform where others can share the joy of their special interests. Our podcast aims to represent diverse autistic identities through an inclusive community where autistic voices are valued, validated, and seen. We're excited for you to join us on our journey of learning and story sharing. Join us weekly as we share about our own experiences and other autistic stories. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. It's 2023. It's our year. I don't know what else to say. I just feel like every new year, I'm like, it's our year. Like, that's just my script in my head of what I say. It's <laughs> episode nine. And today, we're talking about functioning labels. We're taking the fun out of functioning labels because they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start talking, we just want to give everybody a moment to check in with their mind, their body, and your breath. Maybe noticing any gratitude you feel today. Noticing the pace of your breath and where it is in your body. And just taking a moment to connect. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time in your day to listen to us, to learn something new, and to be in this space with us. We are so appreciative of you listening and being a part of the pod. How is your week, Carly? It's been a nice week. I've been getting back into my routine And I celebrated the new year with my family. We had some yummy food and we watched the Miley and Dahlia New Year's Eve party, which was really nice because I wasn't able to get it on my TV, but my partner was able to stream it for me on his phone. So it was so nice that he was able to do that for me and We got to see fireworks from the camper and we just had a really chill weekend. It was really nice and relaxing. How was your week? My week was so good. I've just been feeling so much gratitude this week. I went to New York City, which was so much fun. I only stayed one night, which was perfect because it was 
a lot going on, but it was a great time. I had so much fun and New Year's Eve was great. I also watched the Dolly and Miley New Year's Eve and had such a great time. And it's just been really nice to have a week surrounded by so much love with family and friends. And I have just felt so, so grateful rolling into this new year. My heart feels so full and that's such a beautiful thing. What a beautiful place to be. And I know sometimes the new year can seem so stressful, like we need to completely change who we are. But I think it's so important to recognize that just because we're presented with this new year doesn't mean that things need to change drastically and to just be appreciative of where we are and recognize a new opportunity of a new year and a new day in front of us, which is the most important thing. And I'm so glad that you're able to have such a nice time and recognizing so much gratitude. Yeah, thank you. I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for all of our pod people. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for everybody. I'm grateful for you too, Alex. But the amount of people that I've connected with so far just because of this podcast that I never would have connected with otherwise has just made me feel so grateful and it's just been so heartwarming all of the kind things people say some of the things that people share with us it's been really really nice and heartwarming and I'm just so excited to see where the pod is going to go this year that's really like one of my exciting moments for this year is where are we going yeah I'm excited for our community. Yes, me too. So today we want to start talking more about some of the things that we've learned as we have been learning more about autism. And sometimes when you're learning about autism, it can be really challenging to figure out what's the correct language to use, what's the correct symbols to use. Some things make people really angry and just figuring out what resonates best for us. And we want to share what we've learned so far regarding functioning labels. And in the beginning, when learning about this, it was challenging to talk about or correct people in because I for one don't want to be a language police however I recognize from what I've learned that some of the language that people use can be harmful yeah I think sometimes it's hard to admit that you don't know everything I mean not speaking for everybody for me it's hard to accept the fact that I don't know everything and not knowing everything about a topic gives me a lot of anxiety because when I'm unfamiliar with things especially topics that could harm people if you don't have the right information um, that's something that I'm really afraid of doing because 
I just feel it in my heart so much. And I don't want to make others feel uh, bad. So it's a little scary talking about things sometimes. But what's most important to understand is that we need to listen to each other's experiences. We need to learn from the experiences. And then we need to use this new information to change our behavior, change our words based on what the voices we're listening to are telling us, the marginalized voices we're talking to. So with autism, it's so important to listen to autistic voices because we're the people who are experiencing autism and what it's like to be autistic. So even though we're not experts, we've taken time to learn from others and listen to other people's voices and integrate that into our own experiences. And if you have any takes on what we're saying, we would absolutely love to hear them. You can always DM us or send us an email, but that's really the heart of what we're doing is weaving together autistic experiences so we can understand each experience in a new way and understand like what a big picture autism is and that it's not all of these stereotypes because that's really harmful and damaging. Definitely. And I feel like because this new wave of so many people recognizing and identifying with autism and getting diagnosed or even self-diagnosing, there's been so many voices to learn from where before we were learning from a neurotypical perspective that just observed autistic humans or from an autism mom that had a child and they wanted to speak for their child, which is very valid. And it's important to listen to them too. But as Alex mentioned, listening to actual autistics, I feel is so important in our learning and our growing of broadening that spectrum and just understanding each other. Yeah, absolutely. Because the more we speak about our experiences and bring attention to the reality of being autistic, the more attention is going to be focused on it. And when attention is focused on things, that's when research starts happening and things, you know, and research by people who are experiencing autism, have autism and really getting that data that's so important in our society as well. I don't want to like take attention away from the autistic experience, but just recognizing that, you know, evidence and data is also important. It's my science brain. It's like, we need the data and this can help us get data. Well, it's true. And data just shows facts that maybe some people need for their own brains to wrap around those other people that have those science brains that enjoy the facts and enjoy the visuals that show oh this group of people feel this way and now I want to 
research more and do my own research. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Don't put that in the pot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to do it. I was going to say something else and then I didn't. <laughs> I might put that in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need the data. <laughs> so let's get started talking about the not so fun functioning labels. What are they? Why are they outdated? And what can we say instead? So a functioning label is often a way that society describes the ability of one's ability to function in society. So some people are labeled as high functioning and some people are labeled as low functioning. There is no in between. There's you're either high or you're either low. And as we have discussed before, autism is a spectrum. So how can you fit in this color wheel of a spectrum if you're either high functioning or low functioning? It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really give people the flexibility or accommodations that they need and it is really confusing yeah um again science brain here when people refer to autism as oh you're low functioning or you're high functioning or they refer to it as mild or severe that's not a spectrum like it's literally called the autism spectrum, but you are describing a gradient. A gradient ranges from high to low. A spectrum is something much more similar to color. We have a post about this on our Instagram and you can find many posts that compare the autism spectrum to a color wheel where there's a giant rainbow of color in this circle and that's really a better representation of the autism spectrum. Right. And so when we use these functioning labels of high or low, they're generally given to us by the public. And as I mentioned, it's based on their recognition of our autism. So they might label you as low functioning or severe if you are unable to speak or if you use AC devices or devices to accommodate your needs. And when you are labeled as high functioning, it is oftentimes because you are able to mask your autism traits. You can speak maybe awkwardly, but still speak to a crowd <laughs> or even some individuals. And usually this is harmful because if you're labeled as high functioning, your needs are not really being met. Your needs are thrown out the window. You're not recognized for your disability that you've been diagnosed with and that you've been struggling for so long to be seen. And it, it just is very invalidating. What has your experience been like with functioning labels, Alex? 
so this is kind of what I was talking about earlier with, um, I guess, to be honest with you, being nervous about talking about functioning labels, because I, you know, in my work, that's really how autistics are described. And that's what I was used to. I thought that was like the correct terms. Um, and I, you know, learned that they're very harmful. So for me to really understand that I really had to like seek out autistic voices describing like how and why and how to use better language around this. So I'm still learning. Um, but what really stuck out to me was the realization that functioning labels do not describe a person's needs. If you say somebody's high functioning or low functioning, it literally is not descriptive at all. It's really, like you said, Carly, let, giving people a clue as to how people will behave in a scenario or people's ability in a social situation or in a classroom. Functioning labels are harmful because if you describe someone as high functioning, you may overestimate what they're able to do on a given day. If you describe somebody as low functioning, you might severely underestimate their abilities. And that's really not fair. And it really disservices the individual. They do not describe the person. They describe how the person's behaviors are going to affect you or the world or environment around them. So it has, they have nothing to do with the individual. It's much more helpful if you describe the trait or give more information like instead of saying low functioning and non-speaking people are not low functioning they just do not speak you could just say they're non-speaking you know if they're gonna be in a social situation and they they want you to let people know you know doing this with a person's permission um you know maybe they want to advocate for themselves but if they give you permission to help them. You could say they're non-speaking or you could say someone is really sensitive to loud noise and lights. Like if uh, you're going to a party and they give you permission to advocate for them and say, oh, could we have the music a little lower at this party? Or, you know, you could even, I could advocate for myself and say, I'm sensitive to noise. Could we turn down the music? But really taking into account the context of the activity you're going to be participating in, the environment you're going to be in, and really making it about the person and how they can be accommodated. So giving information about the person so that can happen. Right. The goal of sharing and disclosing a diagnosis is not so we're treated differently, and it's not so we are presenting as more neurotypical but it's so our needs are met when we're given this label we're automatically divided and told what our needs are and like Alex mentioned it's so much more helpful to describe a trait or describe what one's needs might be rather than giving a lower high functioning label because these labels are just so misconstrued and not helpful to an individual's needs. 
And oftentimes, this is why we are led to burnout. And in my own experience, I've been called high functioning, but that is because I can mask in society. But what is not shown is when I have to go home and recover for days from the burnout of not having my needs met. And that doesn't make me high functioning. It means that I mask well. And I don't want to have to mask. I would rather somebody be a little bit more patient with me and understanding. And I want that for the entire autistic community. I don't want our needs to be pushed aside. Yeah. Autism is something that really happens so much on the inside. And there's so many things that people do not see that we experience every single day. So even like Carly's saying, you might seem high functioning, but on the inside, that does not describe what's going on. And so I also have that experience of being expected to function like a neurotypical because I'm high functioning, even though I'm suffering on the inside because I can't keep up. Yes, the inside of me is just like screaming like, ah, when does this end? (laughs) One of my favorite memes is... (laughs) I love Spongebob so much. That's definitely one of my special interests. I know like every single Spongebob episode. Not that you need to know the information, but (laughs) there's like the meme where it's like his brain's on fire and there's like file cabinets with papers everywhere. And I relate to that so much. (laughs) That's what, what you said reminded me of. Yes. What's my name? What's my name? (laughs) Yes, I've like literally been in that situation where I'm so overstimulated. I'm like, when's my birthday? (laughs) Definitely. So we do have a quote that is provided by Adam Walton. And what the quote says is, so-called mild autism doesn't mean one experiences autism mildly. It means you experience their autism mildly. You may not know how hard they've had to work to get to the level they are. And so that's something I relate to definitely because there is a lot of behind the scenes that we have to do in order to maintain our well-being in order to keep it cool with the other beings on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I wanted to mention too is our ability to function fluctuates daily. There are days when my executive functioning skills are fantastic. And there are other days when I am really having a hard time with executive functioning and I forget things and I'm really unorganized. And it really just fluctuates day to day based on so many different factors. So that's another reason why functioning labels are not correct because I have a different collection of traits pretty frequently and it changes day to day. Definitely. And so a term that I've learned just this past year that I really love is the idea of spoons and how many spoons you may have in a day may describe how much energy 
you might have or how many spoons you can give to one thing or to another. And that definitely varies day to day as well. I love that. But my brain's like, why spoons? (laughs) I'm sure there's a reason, but it's like one of those things that like, I understand, but I don't understand. It is quite random and I don't know exactly where it came from, but I've noticed so many people using it and relating to it. And it really, it's just another way of, I guess, describing that battery measurement that you have and your little SIM icon that shows you how much energy you need and what you need to do next and where things are lacking and... (laughs) Yeah, I I love the spoons analogy, but I just think it, I to me it's it's funny. But yeah, I also totally relate to the Sims. So something else that we wanted to touch on today, but we could have our whole episode about because there's so much juicy information to share is how Asperger's has transformed from its own type of label and was once viewed as something to be proud of and has then transformed into just being called autism and that was only as of 2013 when it was categorized in the DSM-5 as autism and no longer categorized as Asperger's, which is really interesting. And as I said, we will go into that in its own episode, but Asperger's is another harmful term. It is outdated. It is linked to a Nazi and we do not use that term here. So that is how I feel about that. And I definitely encourage you to do your research on that because as I mentioned, that is so juicy. It is really actually traumatizing and sad and disgusting. But we will save that for another day. Yeah, it's just such an ableist term that's harmful and bad. Yes. So we touched on how to describe and how we would prefer to have our autism described. And rather than calling us high or low functioning, we would prefer for you to describe our traits or our accommodations that we may need for myself. I really appreciate someone who can be patient with me. I recently had a friend, we were in a store and there was just a lot going on, a lot of people, a lot of loud noises. And I was so grateful because they looked at me and they just could tell and they were like let's go sit in my car and we'll our, another one of our friends was shopping and like it just goes such a long way and like you know I was triggered by the loud noise and the lights and the smells and it's just so many things so just being able to listen to your friends and observe or just the people around you and tune in and you know act on that is amazing that is so sweet and it just goes to show how true your friendship is and how she really 
knows you and cares for you and patience and kindness just goes such a long way and just remember that as long as you're open to learning and listening to autistics that is just so important and that's part of doing the work and we just appreciate you so much for listening to our stories yes thank you so much for listening and tuning in wherever you are. We are so grateful for you to take the time to be here with us, to learn something new and to listen. And don't forget, we're having our full moon journaling workshop tonight. There's still time to sign up. You can sign up until the event starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight, January 6th. We're going to be having a meditation, then we'll do some journaling prompts, we'll have some space for discussion. It's a five to $20 donation. And you can send us an email that's pod.thespecialinterest at gmail.com, pod.thespecialinterest at gmail.com. And we'll give you uh, the link to sign up. And if you'd like to donate, we appreciate you so much. And this is something we'd like to continue doing in the future based on when the full moon's happening, just because it's just such a great energy. So we hope to see you at one of our full moon journaling workshops, hopefully the one tonight. And we're just so grateful for you all. Thank you so much. With gratitude, we're signing off. It's the special interest pod. We're out. Bye-bye.